What is going on, Gathering Fam? This is Kyle. Uh, and I just wanted to do a quick intro because whenever we started recording this episode that you're about to hear, uh, we totally forgot to record an intro for it. We jumped right into the conversation and uh, did not even tell what the question was. So uh, what you're about to hear is, an, is a whole episode about kingdom and culture. Uh, how is the church and the kingdom of God supposed to fit into culture, help shape culture, or just be a voice in it? Because if there is no clear direction, then, well, that's what we talk about. Uh, so I'm not going to spoil it here. But I hope you enjoy this conversation. It's a great topic. Uh, just talking about what our position is in culture and how we need to go about shaping it. So stick around for the episode. I hope you enjoy it. And if you have any questions, feel free to reach out. You can go to gatheringsurfcity.com WTP. We would love to answer your questions seriously. I'm saying it on the front end this time so that way you don't miss it. But again, you can put in your topic requests or just simply ask questions at gatheringsurfcity.com slash WTP. All right, guys. Thanks. Hope you enjoy this episode. That's a topic. Like cancel culture that and is does the church have a voice in that or should they and people say we've we've evolved or we are evolving you know like for monkeys just getting more i don't know how to say it i'm not a politically correct and is that like i hear there's people stuck in the way they do things. And then there's this new age, which you're either too far to the left or too far to the right. Nobody's ever going to be right, but just like racism or black lives matter or, um, everybody has an opinion. So I don't think everybody's always going to agree, but does the church have a, should the church have a place in any of those areas should the church remain constantly how it is or should the church be progressively moving forward it should be moving forward but i think you'd have disagreements just in that question i mean i think it depends on how you depends on what it is it depends Mm -hmm. on how you define that question i think like should the church be involved in it you know like a because then then you're dealing with a bunch of different denominations and they're going to have stances on each thing, but should the, should the truths of the Bible be involved in those things? Absolutely. You know, the world would look a lot different if biblical truth was ap- applied in, in all of those matters. But there's a difference in biblical truth and tradition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're, if you're just hanging on to a tradition because that's the way you've always done things, then the church should be moving forward in Culture shouldn't influence the church. The church should be influencing culture. Yeah. A lot of traditions, though, are are rooted in biblical truth. So, you know, if it's a biblical truth rooted, if it's a print, if it's a tradition rooted in biblical truth, I don't think there's anything wrong with sticking with that tradition. Right. But, you know, there's some, some church leaders that think, you know, Church should have an influence on politics. Church should have an influence on racism. Church should have a voice in all of it. 
because you want to influence those things and not they be telling you what to do all the time. And I don't think that's necessarily wrong. It just goes back to the accountability thing. Like, what are you using it for? Are you using it to build build up your brand or yourself? Or are you using it to interject Jesus into those? Well, and that's, and, and that's the key. Inter, in, inter, uh, interjecting or... Interjection. Inter, injecting Jesus into those things. Not necessarily the church as a body, as a group doing it, but each individual that would proclaim Christ takes Christ into the politics, takes Christ into all those things. So if you were actually living out the faith that you proclaimed, then everything would be way different. You know, you wouldn't have all these big issues anymore because they're they're not really controversial. They're a lot of it's black and white in the Bible. So do you think that some of these things arise because we don't, where the church seems at large, just in general, from what I see, and this is just my opinion. So it seems the church is kind of passive in that. Like, well, we don't want to offend anybody or we don't want to. So we just, we're just not. And then I think that's why these other voices get louder or, more in the forefront is because well you're not going to do it so somebody needs to do it is that a fair statement hmm. i think there are voices out there there are christian voices out there that are, i mean that are uh you think of like uh um uh, senator scott from south carolina right like he's all up in trying to make sure that or um the guy from North Carolina, um, I think he's run, ran for governor or running for governor a couple of times. Um, I'll have to look it up. But just, I, know, I know what you're talking about, but it seems like those people that stand for biblical truth have a really hard time making it in politics because it's like if you're going to make it there, you then to you're going to have to. Well, it seems like if you're going to make it, and a lot of people will, will treat that in business as well. It's like, well, if you're going to make it, then you've got to compensate a little bit on your integrity. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I mean, I think that's why, like, that's why our nation is going the way that it's going, the progression and the direction that it's going is because, I mean, it's the definition of democracy, right? Like, democracy is being democratic. It's it's hearing the voice of some, of everybody and making sure everybody has the same equal share, right? That's the definition of democracy. Uh, we are not a democracy as a nation, but we're moving in that direction progressively. So when people take a stance of standing on a moral absolute or on a, an absolute truth, you have to abandon the idea of everybody having the equal share and everybody, you know, everything, you know, because it's, there's truth. There's, there is right and wrong. There is black and white as far as not racial, but as in, uh, you know, there's a, there's a absolute truth and then there is fallacy and there are, um, you know, when you, when you say that, when you stand on some, some form of truth like that, um, there's always going to people be people who have an opposing view, which makes it really hard for you to be a politician. 
I guess uh, my thought on it was just, if you don't do anything, people don't know what to do. So if you just take a stance of, we're not going to get involved because it's controversial or conflicting, that seems to be people err on that side of caution and just don't instead of try. And I don't know if that's necessarily the right answer, but I know it's not the right answer not not to talk about it. I mean, if you don't talk talk about it, the problem don't go away. Yeah, just over the last little bit, I had to, you know, just as a result of the communities that I've been a part of, they're like in family, right? Like you have, there's those families where everybody's in the same vein when it comes to political things. And then there's those families where it's like, if you bring up something political at this family dinner, you're going to be excommunicated from the family. Well, it's it's going to be nightmarish, right? Oh, definitely. I mean, I think that's in every family in, right. some, in some aspect, but it's not just politics. Uh, not, you know, but even like, you know, we talk, it's said occasionally, you know, well, Sunday morning is the most divided still the most divided time among black and white people mm-hmm. or even not just black and white people, but races in general, we're still segregated. I think a lot of that has to do with the way we present things. Um, we have a lot of things that influence us as believers culturally that aren't biblical. And we have a lot of things inside of church structure and the way that we we do things inside of local bodies of believers that comes from cultural things instead of biblical things. And when those things dominate to the point of whenever you challenge them with biblical truth, there's an uprising inside. You know, like people people go, but I hold that really near and dear to me because that's part of our culture. And then you go, why is it part of your culture? Um, you know, is there a biblical foundation to it or is it because it's what's been done before you? Yeah, we run into that in society all over the place in our in our homes, the way that upbringing brings when you bring two people together in marriage that come from two very different upbringings, you run into that, um, you know, because you got the culture of your family versus the culture of her family. Church bodies are no different. Local communities are no different. Um, there's all these different cultures that collide, but biblical, that that kingdom culture, that biblical kingdom culture that was laid out for us in scripture, uh, should be the dominating thing there, but it's so not. So can it, so can it look different though? Like, does that allow for diversity within the body for like each, is that saying that every, every church body, for example, you know, the gathering and every other church in the area, should those all look the same? Or is there open for a, a diversity as far as you want to call it the flavor, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, That's the question, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I've always, I, I had a friend explain to me once, and I liked it once I started to think about it. And, you know, I, I'm not saying that it's, it's super sound, but it, it sounds good anyways. Because um, I, ha- I was struggling with the kind of that same thing like man why are why are churches so different and you know whatever and he said well 
you know, I had somebody explain to me one time that churches are like different flavors of ice cream. It's like, it's all ice cream. It's all the same thing, but not everybody likes the same flavors. You know, not saying that one flavor is right or wrong. You know, you can't have, like, you can't say that this is the best flavor or this is the only, only flavor, you know, because that's all subjective. You know, so as, as long as it's rooted in a found, in a solid foundation, you know, like it's still ice cream or it's still, it's still the gospel. It's still in parentheses church. Um, but just because it has a different flavor, does that mean that it's, you know, one body is more right than the other or one culture or one? I think that's determined by those kingdom truths. Are they there? Like are, is the kingdom culture the predominant driving factor behind what they do? Right. Is is biblical truth being taught, or are cultural norms being brought and elevated to the position of an idol in that church? Because there are, I mean, there's, there's, you look at like just the how, especially in the South, you have you have white churches and black churches a lot of times. That shouldn't be a thing, right? Like, there's a cultural difference there in the black community and the white community in the South. We should be crossing those, those lines. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's loving your brother. We're all created the same. We're all created in God's image and we were all called to the same things as believers. Those things, those, those cultural norms shouldn't be the norm inside the church. I believe Right, but it goes back to even like because is it about our comfort or is it about? That goes back to the gospel. Like people, people fear what is different, and if you're too different, then you're going to be persecuted. And just like Jesus, you know, you're going to be so. And Jesus even says that in the gospel, or while he's, you know here on earth doing his ministry that if, if you're going to, you know, take up your cross and follow me, it's going to cost something and it should, it should look different and it should, you're going to be persecuted. And so the fact that we're, I mean, I'm not persecuted very often. I mean, yeah, people have a, a difference, but I mean, on a daily basis, how often are you persecuted mm-hmm. in that degree of, we're going to silence you or we're going to exile you because you won't, you're, you're rocking the boat too much. I mean, look at, look at Acts, look at the church in the book of Acts and, and the function of that church, like what, what they were about and what they did versus what we do today. Just that in contrast on its own, um, is, is going to drive persecution because they were, they were taking, where the Holy Spirit was leading them out into the world around them on a, on a continual basis. Their, their mission wasn't to just come up and hole up and gather together in, in, in a little like-minded community. It was to, to go out and impact the community around them and, and infect them with the virus of the Holy Spirit. (laughs) You know, it was, uh, I just had a conversation with Paulo about this yesterday. Paulo, uh, you know, he's going for his do- doctorate in Christian leadership, uh, and he was talking about how Christianity is like a virus, 
how, um, you know, just like with a virus, uh, you know, in the initial stages of it, uh, you know, the infection rate is really high in the beginning. And then as it goes out into the community, like dulls down and unless there's something to refuel it, to, to build it back up, then it, it dulls down and becomes basically irrelevant. Uh, like the common cold, right? Like, like COVID, right? Like we had in the beginning stages of COVID, it was like, everybody's freaking out. Like this is this, you know, this virus and it's rocking everybody's world. And, and then over time, over the course of a year or two, now it's basically like the common cold. Like when you talk to people who have gotten COVID over the last year, it's nowhere near as brutal as it was in the beginning. Um, unless you've got some kind of major thing or whatever. Um, but then you go and take that same virus and, and infect a community that's never experienced it before and it'll rock their world. I think the church is the same way. You know, like if we, if we don't continually fan into flames, what God's placed in us and continually go out and impact the community around us that hasn't been, that hasn't been infected, (laughs) um, then the then fire just analogy becomes... better than a sickness analogy, to be honest. Yeah, well, same, same, yeah. So, me too. <laughs> I don't, I don't like comparing Christianity to to a virus. Right. I'm sorry, I just don't like it. It's effective, though, if you think about it. You know, well, it's the but same it... as a fire. Like you could apply all those principles to a fire. You know, once you once you throw some gas on a fire and then light it, or on wood and then light it. <laughs> but unless you keep feeding it, unless you keep adding wood to it. It's gonna go out and it's gonna simmer down and it's gonna just kind of mellow. So I think, and, the, and then spreading it to other places that haven't been on fire yet, right. they're gonna light up quick and they're gonna burn. And so I don't know. I, I just know. don't like the word virus related to Christianity. I'm sorry. Well, Jesus used it like <laughs> like like seed being scattered on the soil, right? Like he gave the analogy of like the good soil and the rocky soil and the the thorny choked outs. You yeah, know. but he didn't say not to scatter it. You know, right. he didn't say not to. He just, you know, and that goes back to what we were first talking about. Of with that being said, then it, the church should always be moving. Then, right? I think so. I, that's what I was. That's kind of the the thought for me. Is are we are we are we advancing God's kingdom? That is that our purpose, or is our purpose just to? maintain what is because um, if that's what it is if it's about maintaining what is it's eventually going to fizzle and die out just look at generational stuff you know like the older generation loves hymns right because they grew up on it and it's comfortable you know just environmentally um, you know they stuff like technology we were talking about this earlier you know you, you bring something like technology in the older generations used to having a piece of paper in their hand. Um, the younger generation wants an app, <laughs> you know, like, um, if, if all we did was have that piece of paper, then eventually when those, when that older generation dies out, the younger generation's going to be left with nothing. Um, unless they have adopted what came before them, which is almost never the case with generational changeover. Um, so are we being intentional about things like that? Um, are both with, sides valid though? Like I think that's yeah, a, I think absolutely that's a challenging question is to not is to not invalidate an older generation that prefers hymns and that prefers 
paper and that prefers a phone call over a text and all those kinds of things. Exactly. You know, so it's that, not leaving anybody behind, right? Yeah. It, it, that's kind of the thought process. If, if, a, if somebody from the younger generation points out taking something from the older generation and transitioning it into something new, then what's heard is this younger person wants something for them. Um, that's what the younger generation hears from the older generation, right? When, when they go, Nope, you're not allowed to move into this territory. Then the younger generation goes, well, who's, is it just about you? Like, and what's comfortable for you? And I think that's, that's what we miss in the church. And, and even in regard to, um, to, to things like race, you know, I think that's why we have such division inside the church is because of the cultural things that dominate our, our, how we do things. If it's, you know, if the culture here is is just to to feed internally the culture that we have, rather than to advance God's kingdom and God's kingdom culture out, um, then we're going to have that. We're going to have that massive division, um, whether it be uh, generationally, whether it be racial, whether it be gender. You know, all all of those things are going to be problems if our focus is on how it's going to affect us rather than on how we can advance the kingdom with what we're doing. Um, I think we have to make intentional efforts across the board, whether it be to reach that older generation or the younger generation or to reach a certain um, ethnicity, you know, cultural norm. Um, We shouldn't be we shouldn't be putting all our eggs in the basket of trying to be culturally relevant but um, but we should be taking kingdom culture and injecting it into the cultures around us. Sorry, I preached. No, I mean, we've, you know, it's, it's something that needs to be talked about more because it, you know, your nature is to do what you know. And whether you even if you don't want to be comfortable and you acknowledge that you need to be moving, it's just habit, you know. This is familiar. This is comfortable. I know how to do this. It feels good. I think that's why there's a lot of emphasis on on the dying to self in the in the word, right? Like, because because if you think of like, just like we were talking about a second ago, like the. You know, if somebody from the younger generation points a finger at something from the older generation to try to change it toward to be more effective for their generation, then it's perceived from that stance of trying to be internally feeding or trying to be self self focused. But if you have somebody from the older generation speaking to the older generation about how they need to shift something for the younger generation coming up, then it's heard. Well, and that, vice versa. If you have somebody from the younger generation who's going, "Hey, this this older generation still needs to be fed. Let let's interject some of this into what we do so that we can serve them." Then the younger generation is going to hear that because it came from their culture. And I think that's that's kind of the the catalyst to making things work. I mean, because you come in with external culture and you just try to change things and and people hear what isn't there. They pin things there that don't belong. Well, that that goes back to, you know, I don't know if when we first started talking about, like, why abortion or gender or race or any of it are difficult topics is because most of the time it's coming from different cultures and you don't have the relationship built. So when you say something, it is assumed 
mm-hmm. by the differing culture or opinion or whatever that you're putting off this perception that is opposed to whatever I believe. And because there's no relationship there or, or trust. And so it seems like it's, it should start with that before you just go and try to nail down all these issues or conflicts or mm-hmm. whatever. So is that, I, I guess, is that something we should be working toward that before you start just trying to fix all the problems? Mm-hmm. Yep. We gotta, we gotta, we have to teach people to, to seek out truth in the word that, that they're, they're building on a foundation, on a solid foundation and not on shifting sand. You know, like when we, when we're building on truth and we're building on the truth that God laid out for us in the scripture, there's something to stand on. But whenever we pull things from culture and we try to build on those things, then we're, we're just destined for it to cave in on itself. I mean, you look at Jesus with the woman at the well, right? Like he went to, he, he was in Samaria when that happened. Like for a Jew to have been in Samaria talking to a woman <laughs> was, was breaking cultural norms in itself. Just, just the fact that he was in Samaria talking to a woman. Jesus was all about kind of stepping outside of all of that and standing in truth. And he wasn't bound by any of those things, and we shouldn't be either. Yeah, I think there's, I think there's examples of of that what you're talking about about breaking cultural norms that are biblical, that that are uh, that are contra biblical, like loving your neighbor as yourself and loving the Samaritan, and you know Jesus even used the, you know the 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 good Samaritan as you know who was his neighbor and all that kind of stuff. But anyways. And then also, there's instances in in Acts where the Jews that had their tradition of circumcision and all those kinds of things, they were trying to impress that, impose that onto the new believers that hadn't had that being a part of their culture. Um, And so I think it goes, the, the root in it is what, you were talking about John is like what's the purpose is the purpose the heart of it of advancing the kingdom of God or is it is it because this is just what we've always done even though it was maybe at one time I mean it was it was something God commanded you know God commanded the the Jew the Israelites to circumcise themselves but it was interesting how you know once those new converts came in it was like no we're not gonna make them do that um and so it was It was almost like, okay, and Jesus talked about it, and he said it's not about the things that you do, it's about the heart. You know, if you have hate in your heart, you've already committed murder, blah, 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 blah. Um, you know, so it's not about the circumcision of yourself, of yourself physically, but the circumcision of the heart and all those kinds of things. And so the, I guess the the I guess the whole point of that for me and the thing that I was thinking about is, you know, does that still allow room for cultural diversity if the heart is in the right place? You know, like, you know, going or I, I don't know, in my mind, I just like the idea of having different flavors of, of what different bodies might be 
experiencing and worship and all that kind of stuff. You know, there's different, there's different styles of music that everybody likes, you know, like is, does it make one style of music, one style of worship, whether it be an old school hymn or a new age, you know, whatever you call it, or, you know, uh, I like to call it life metal, but like heavy metal, uh, songs about Jesus, like, are those okay? Like, you know, it's like what, I guess it all boils down to what's the heart of it. Like, are you, are you doing it just because that you like it? But if you do like it, it's okay. Like, it's okay to like things. Um, but is that the main priority? Is the main priority honoring and glorifying God and seeking God? Is that first? And then, you know, later on down the line, it, it ends up being something that you like, or is it, I like this first and then I honor God. Mm-hmm. Cause then it becomes an idol when you put it, you yeah. know, when you put it in, in a higher position like that. Um, but with that culture diversity though, like that's what I'm saying. Like, is it, I, I think you can, I think you can end up going overboard and impose, impose a way that, that you worship and the way that you do things, which are rooted in, in, in biblical principles and is solid in its foundation and then going somewhere else and saying, okay, well, this isn't how we do it, even though it looks different. You know, I, mm-hmm. I, th- I think there's, I think there's a way to, to do it and allow for that diversity and, and there not being anything wrong with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd agree with that, man. Like, so we, Austin and I went to go <laughs> to Whose Line Is It Anyways over in Wilmington last week, right? I, so I last, used to love that show. Last Friday, they had a live show in Wilmington. So we went and, um, it was just one of the original cast members there, but these guys are like best of the best comedians, right? Like they're like as good as it gets. Do they have famous comedians there? Or yeah. Were they just... Yeah. It was, you, you remember Ryan, uh, the tall, really tall yeah. guy. He, he was, was there. He was there. Really? Yeah. It was, it was pretty awesome, but, um, that guy's hilarious. You know, it was kind of vulgar in parts or whatever, but, yeah. um, we kind of knew that going into it. Um, the, uh, but what, what the Holy Spirit spoke to me through it, you know, God will speak through anything, right? What God spoke to me through it was, was looking at, um, like these guys are the best of the best. They came here like a, a day or two before the show and, and came in and got to know the community in Wilmington, like walked the streets, got to see, you know, kind of what the culture is in this area. And then it drove how they ran their jokes and stuff, um, yeah. you know, to the point that, um, you know, they were, they were talking about local places and things that are going on, um, in a way that would connect with their audience. Yeah. So it's kind of the same. And yeah, that's it, like got, what you were just saying. Yeah. Um, you know, if we, if we know the water that we're in, like, that was the very first advice that Bobby gave me when I came on staff here, um, to, to write it, like I, I wrote it out on a little piece of paper and stuck it next to my desk. It said, know the water that you're in, um, uh, and don't drown the sheep. <laughs> you know, uh, you got to read the room, man. Right. <laughs> got to read the room. Um, but I mean, that's massively important. You get to know what's going on, but, but that's, that's, you know, in, in regard to kingdom things, you know, when we, when we go into a culture, your Paul did it, you know, when you're in Rome, you're doing things in a way that speaks to the Roman culture. Yeah. But however, he did go in there and, and, and expose the things right. that weren't rooted in right. Global that principles. were even in counter, I think it was in, 
in Corinth where he was talking about women shouldn't wear braids in their hair. It wasn't that it was something that God had forbid, but he told them not to wear braids in their hair because that braided hair was something that that culture used as a form of worship to a, to their God. Yeah. So yeah, it's a, there's a, it's a multi-layered conversation that one, you know, cause there's, there's the hard set line of it, but allowing it for it, it having its own cultural diversity, the necessity of it still being rooted in truth. So you can't get away from it. You can't go around the world without having cultural diversity. And then, you know, then you get, you know, it's crazy. It's weird. Like I remember hearing stories of, of the, of the English, the European explorers going to different cultures and they go there and then they, they just impose, you know, their, their clothing and like all these kinds of things. And not that it was anything wrong, but you know, like I, I remember hearing stories or I think it was the, in Hawaii or whatever, you know, I mean, they're, they're Island people and they just, they, they would, they wouldn't have a lot of clothes on, you know? And it's, it was the Europeans that, had said, Hey, this is wrong. You got to put on clothes. And so they made them, you know, they made them to them. There wasn't anything sexual about it. It was just, we don't have clothes, so we don't (laughs) wear clothes. And, uh, you know, just going in and imposing that kind of uh, tradition or whatever it is on them. And uh, I think that gets easy to do. And I've been guilty of it going into a different culture, a different area and be like, man, this is way different than the way that I worship. And then, and then just, and it affected it. It ended up affecting the way that I worshiped because I was so concerned about the way that they were worshiping and how it was so different than me. And, and it just, it's just not good for anybody. Right. And, it, and that's, that's another, I mean, with Christian missionaries, that's a problem, you know, going, going into, uh, indigenous tribes and stuff like that and trying to impose American Christianity. Well, just any, it you, you know, be a, a tribe, it can culture. be going into Latin America or right. going to China or, right. you know, wherever. I just, I just remember reading about that with, with, uh, some missionaries that went down to South America and to like the Amazon and were, were witnessing to a tribe down there, but they were bringing, they were trying to pin the American culture on this tribe and they were like, we want nothing of it. (laughs) You know, like that's the um, wrong, that's the wrong way to go about it. And it, and it had nothing to do with the gospel, right? Like it had nothing to do with, with the kingdom culture. It had everything to do with, with what they thought was culturally culturally acceptable, yeah. Um, I just uh, my, a good friend of mine, Jeff Ryder. Uh, he was a missionary in Papua New Guinea for like most of his life. Uh, he just t- would tell me stories about like how like I mean they'd never seen a sheep before, right? So imagine trying to translate the New Testament without be without a con without the concept of a sheep and a shepherd. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like. Uh, it it requ- it requires you to think outside the box and to understand the culture that you're in to be so able what to do they that. use uh, he ended up bringing pictures of sheep and shepherds and like showing them because it, it was it was such a thing for him to be able to like get over that hurdle but it was like things like that things like uh you know trying to the concept of obedience right like there, one of the one of the biblical translators was trying to come up with the concept of obedience with with uh with a group of people and uh, and they didn't have like a word for that in their language. Yeah. Um, but then, like one of the tribal members was calling his dog over to him, and the dog came right to him. And one of the other tribal members was like, "That dog's all ears." 
And and he was like, that's the word. <laughs> you know, that's the word that needs to be translated in here. All ears. Right? Because yeah. it meant the same thing. The yeah. dog was obedient. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that's kind of rabbit trailing a little bit, but it's not. You know, like culture. Um, yeah, you can't. Culture is important. You can't impose that language. You'd be like, oh, you got to, now you have to learn a new. To but, be a Christian, you got to learn King James. and. But for us as believers, Kingdom culture should dominate. That should be the driving force. Norms. Yeah, yeah. Have you guys ever seen videos of the Indonesian dudes? Uh, you wouldn't call it shepherding because they're not sheep. Or maybe you could, but uh, ducks. They don't really have. But they, they. I guess ducks is like a huge thing of their of their diet, and so they'll have like a huge thing of like I don't know, like a couple hundred ducks, and they have a long pole with a flag on it, and they. They walk down the beach and they'll like steer them down the beach and I guess they eat all the stuff that's in the you know that's on the beach or whatever and they just they shepherd these ducks around so maybe you know in their translation huh. it would be maybe they don't have sheep but they have it like duck and a, a duckard, <laughs> duckard. <of> shepherd. <laughs> <laughs> I am the duckard and you are my ducks. <laughs> duckard Jordan. <laughs> You're the duckard uh, of missions. The, the grand duckard. <laughs> All right. Well, it was nice talking with you, John. Yeah. Good conversation. <laughs> good, conver- good conversation, Jordan. Yeah. All right. So this is Walking Together podcast, right? So um, we are signing out, right? So um, – Y'all, if you got any questions or anything, want to kind of check out what Walking Together has previously done, all that stuff, you can find that. Um, where can you find that? You can find that on the app, the Gathering app. You can kind of access that through iTunes and Spotify and kind of the the podcast platforms. Um, website, yeah, something, the Gathering's something, website. Something, WTP. Yeah, WTP. That stands for Walking Together Podcast, as as Kyle would say it. Uh, so any questions or anything, you guys can drop us questions, uh, and uh, we would love to discuss something you guys care about. So, uh, yeah, y'all have a great week, and um, we'll catch you next Friday. Woo!